0: yo what's going on y'all it's your boy so so in case you ain't know so and welcome back to another episode of sports with so so coming to you live from cic miami y'all the weather gets cooler but the heat stay hot and we got the panthers overcoming some adversities we got the dolphins losing a tough game in buffalo and the hurricanes get back on the winning track with two wins against ranked opponents it's time to take a ride y'all let's go Live in the building. Shout Back. out to CIC Miami. Back at it again. Yes, sir. Uh, yo, that's, that's a nice shirt you got on oh,
1: Likewise, boss. I, Thanks, uh, man. I
0: can't help but notice you got some new threads yourself. Yeah, my official Sports with So-So podcast shirt. You know what I'm saying? Thanks to the uh-huh. homie at Empire, Steve, always hooking it up. Yeah, Joel's going to model that for you all up in your face. There you go, guys. <laughs>
1: You know, uh, we got to just show off the logo, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it on. looks
0: dope. And the cool thing is that we're working on some other merch that we're going to have soon. And we got some things planned behind it. Got some things in the working. But it's happening. And you guys are going to be able to get your hands on some Sports with SoSo merch pretty
1: soon. So look love out it. for that. Love it. Love it. What's going on, So? What's good, man? I'm Gucci, man. Halloween's you know- over. Thank God! You got your candy. I got candy. Did you go through any of it? Any razor blades in any of your Snickers nah, bars? No, nah, no, nah, unfortunately. No, nah, did you get your? Was your house egged or teepeed'd? Not really. I live in an apartment. <laughs> I mean, you never know. It just <laughs> require a lot of eggs and TP, you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But <laughs> you imagine
0: somebody's apartment did get TP, dog. It was like, oh, that's rough. Or egged. Yeah, the that's rough. The one apartment rough. in the hallway that got egged. Yeah, that would be rough. that would be that'd rough. Be, that'd be terrible. Yeah, man. Um, but we're back. You know, we had some good things pass happen over the past weekend. Not some good things past <laughs> over the past weekend, but we always got Some good, gotta, some bad. Yeah, you know, and more good than bad, right, thankfully? Yeah. And we're starting off with the right team, I feel like, as always, it's the Heat, man. And the Heat are right now 5-1, and one, currently on a four-game winning streak. They've won two big road games already. Went into Brooklyn that we talked about and and, and seen that matchup. Trying to get a dub against the Ranning company. Went in there, got the dub. And then again, they didn't have that follow-through step where they lose a game against Charlotte. They come out and beat one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now offensively, which was Charlotte. And then they go on the road and win another game against Memphis in blowout fashion. It was 129-103 at the end, but that game was like in the 40 points by like the third quarter at some point.
1: Everybody was. It was uh, we had a that we had a in that game in particular, and I know we'll dissect all of these, but we had a twenty six point lead at one point, and then they <laughs> Ridiculous. went. Ridiculous. They went on an eight zero run, and then they brought it down or a ten zero run or something like that, 10, ten to two, and they ended up bringing it back to within sixteen, and we ended up going on an eight zero run ourselves and just put that game away. So, dominating performances on the road at home. I mean, right now, I just saw today, earlier today, NBA posted their power rankings for the NBA. I I had initially seen one post that had the Heat at number two with the Jazz at number one. But then a little while after that, I saw a different one from NBA on Instagram where the Heat are number one in Mm. the power rankings. I mean, it's it's right on par with the averages
0: that I've seen, too, because ESPN had them at two. A couple of the other NBA channels that I follow had them at number two. So it, it means that. The Heat are getting that proper recognition and for the right reasons, right? For the amazing defense that they're playing, uh, the extreme efficiency that they're playing with on offense, right? And that's really allowed them to win a lot of games that, again, you and I have talked about last season where it's like, damn, you know, we lost this game because we didn't have this X factor. Now we have all those little X factors in place. Like we have three players in Bam, Hero,
1: and Jimmy
0: Butler averaging over 20 points, that's 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 the <laughs> and, making of and, a good team, and one of
1: those guys is coming off the bench and doing that. Correct. So and Tyler Hero. So I mean that that right there, um, you you you're happy to see that. Bam, the other night didn't play, and we actually got to see what the team's made out of without their you know their big man out there. Uh, putting up 20 and 17, you know, the night before, and he go doesn't go out and play. I, I'm not sure exactly why he didn't play. Whether it was, you know, management time management, kind of give him some load off, and and then maybe just kind of see, like, you know, I think it could be, you know, hey, we didn't have Kyle early, you know, and er, the one loss we had this season, so we that got was to, it. we got to see what happens when Kyle's not on the floor. Now we t- remove Bam from the equation, and we're able to see what we can do without Bam on the floor, and we came out with an impressive win there. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I, I think that might be something else that you know you, we might see. Happen unintentionally or maybe intentionally, where certain players are gonna have the night off, like a hero or a Jimmy. Right. And we're gonna, and then Spell's gonna see, all right, what these guys that I have left, what's the optimal lineup or what you know, what's the optimal solution to this problem of having our star player out, yeah. and you know, seeing seeing us win without Bam, that was big.
0: Yeah, big time, and especially that these guys are led by Jimmy, right? Because now we see that he is that elite player in the NBA. He's one of those guys that everybody should respect and really look at as <clears throat> excuse me as one of the dominant forces that are playing right now currently in the nba and with that the team takes it's it's i don't know i don't want to say it's dna but they take a lot of that strength that jimmy has and is like all right we're running with it because even, even if jimmy were to take a night off you know damn well he's going to be on the sideline on the coach coaching telling players what to do hey they're running this stand this way hey because he's that invested in seeing all these guys do well. I remember there was this one particular play um, in the Charlotte game where Duncan had, like, a pick and roll with with Jimmy. And the ball ended up coming back to Duncan in the corner, right? And he kind of hesitated on the three at first. And he ended up taking a bad shot that was, like, kind of blocked out of bounds or whatever. And And then Butler immediately yelled at him, like, yo, don't be a." Don't hesitate. Take the shot. Don't hesitate. Take it. You know, that's a dumb thing that you're doing. Shoot it, you know, and really digging into him. And you don't see, like, Duncan putting his head down or, like, like ignoring him. It was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, not only that, but, like, those guys have... Brought bought in big time into how Jimmy is gonna lead them. Right. It's not gonna be like with actions and certain shit. It's gonna be a combination of things. You're gonna get the entire Jimmy Butler package, mm-hmm. and he's this gonna is, hold you accountable, right? And this is him putting himself in that top five player, like argument right now. Argument, not not only any argument, but that's like the standard that he wants to play at. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to be considered one of the best in the NBA. And he's definitely showing that right now, bro. Him him himself, he's pretty much doing it all. Averaging 25 points per game, seven rebounds a game, five and a half assists per game, second in steals in the NBA. This guy is like for real, for real doing it. Oh, and this is why no, he's and, and being then efficient.
1: Offensively, the way that he's getting it done, right, the dude's shooting threes, <laughs> which we don't really see Jimmy shooting threes like that. That's not his it's like thing. The right. time's expiring, but he's, he's pulling up. He's taking threes just because he's feeling it. He has the shot. His mid-range looks phenomenal right now. Him and Tyler's mid-range right now is out of this world. Um, and then just going to the basket, I mean, he's going up. We're, we're getting so many rebounds, bro. That's something that I'm really impressed with right now, too. Like, there's there's a couple of uh, things that I'm really happy with to start the season. Number one. Kyle Lowry, I love that guy. I, and he's QB Thank one. You. If if we NBA trade, for, you know, anybody, it shouldn't be for Deshaun Watson. It should be for Kyle Lowry. Yeah, man. like you know, put him in there with a double QB play. Tua throws it back to him because he'll get it down the field. He's like, gonna I find I the open you. guy. He's gonna find the open you guy. Feel me? For so a fact. Lowry's been amazing at facilitating, just getting the ball so quick down to the other side of the of the court. You know, and opening up these quick fast break points. Right. Um, obviously, the consistency from Jimmy and Bam, uh, Hero shining bright. I, I love everything that heroes doing. Um and then seeing a guy like Duncan who was struggling in the first few games and finally found his rhythm the other night yep. against uh against Memphis, against yep. the Grizzlies. Yep. He had like four or five three-pointers and and you know was finally clicking that night. So like you're you're starting to see everything is starting to come together slowly, you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. And even like a dude that we hardly ever talk about <laughs> as far as his impact, it's been Deadman. Deadman. Oh my goodness. Deadman has been a freaking
1: monster he pulled up from three the other day too did you see that yeah i saw i was like oh look at this guy's feeling himself Bro, for that's sure that's how you know everything is going clicking good. Yes. everybody's
0: clicking right yeah but just even offensively like last year we we saw deadman's defensive game and we're like damn we could use that you know bam needs a, a defensive player like that against like alongside of him but now we see him more involved in the offense feeling more comfortable taking offensive possessions, putting stuff back, shooting a little jumper or whatever, and or even a little floater, and really using that to boost himself and keep himself on the floor where he's a threat, and now defenses kind of have to pay attention to him as well because he's not just a dunk guy. He's also going to be able to find a way to create some points for himself. Right. It just speaks to how crazy deep this team is when it comes to any type of specific attribute, you would say you need to not only compete for a championship, but to really win a championship. And I'm not just like throwing these words freely because it's like, oh, yeah, beginning of the season, we are fight one. No, even if we lose games, the things that we're seeing right now from the heat is like things that the Lakers would be doing, the Clippers, not necessarily the Clippers, the Suns, uh, Brooklyn, like all those teams last year just going out there and hammering teams. Boom, boom, boom. We see Golden State right now. These guys are are killing the league, right? Because they're feeling at a hundred percent with Steph there and Clay almost back. It's like those guys are waiting for that playoff to start so they can be like, "All right, let me get rid of these other teams while I'm trying to get to a championship." I feel like the Heat are in that in that same type of air, let's call it. Right now, the main thing that's gonna carry this team, besides Jimmy, is how Spo finds different ways to use all of these guys, right? And then also what happens closer to the deadline, to the trade deadline, because mm-hmm. we know that the Heat are always willing to make a move if it's going to put us even closer to a championship. But, I f- like, those those two things, Jimmy's leadership with the team and then Spoh's commitment to, like, finding ways to put those guys in good positions, that's going to lead us to be a really good team in the East. We've already said it. 48 wins is, like, Kind of like the bar and if they go above that then we know that we have a really dangerous team on our hand right and for for the championship aspirations it's like all right i can see us competing with brooklyn i can see us competing with milwaukee and going seven games or even six games and beating those guys in order to get to the finals because the team is that good and if if what i'm saying if what i'm seeing right holds true and holds consistent these guys are going to be not only one of the best teams in the east these guys are going to be one
1: of the best teams in the nba 100 i i completely agree man i mean right now barring any injuries that's the big thing right we gotta stay healthy gotta stay healthy an injury to any one of these guys an injury to to jimmy to bam to tyler to kyle that's going to be detrimental to it's going to happen our though. season it'll part. happen but we have, like you said, enough pieces around that, you know, we should be able to bounce back um, and, and win some tough games and just stay relevant until, you know, those guys are healthy. I think that right now I think we're good. Everybody is healthy. I think that the, we have one of the best training staffs in the NBA. That's as far fact. as – barring any freak accidents – we're not going to overload a certain player or, you know, do anything that, you know, is detrimental to their performance moving forward. We're going to keep them as healthy as possible. You know what I mean? No, um, for sure. As far as the trade deadline goes, I I don't see the Heat adding anything right now. I mean, especially with Oladipo on the horizon coming back, hopefully, you know, in a month or two. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to go out and go get anybody, but if we did, what well, what do you think the Heat need to add so far? There's always, six games? There's always
0: room for a center. Mm-hmm. There's always room for a center with that so that can make an impact. You still want another big man, a traditional or something mm. like that? There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and again, look, having we shouted extra, out Deadman, extra, right? We shouted out Deadman. We know that we can use Bam as a prime defender and put him on the best player that they have, right? Whoever it may be, and Bam will do good enough. But then you really have to worry about the paint. And yeah, we have PJ Tucker now, Morris. But those guys aren't really necessarily paint guys deadman is a paint guy right you may need another type of person like that it may be omar right it may be him but if it's not him and he's just there on the bench and you can improve that spot improve the spot i'm just saying there's always room for improvement and that's definitely an area of improvement yeah other other things are going to happen like you talked about right oh we have to stay healthy no doubt but there are going to be injuries but with You know, Hero doing 22 points per game and Bam missing a game. And you know that Hero can pick up that slack. Or if Jimmy misses the game, Hero's going to be able to pick up that slack because of the offense that he's putting up. It just makes me feel more comfortable. You know what I mean? A lot more comfortable. And there's a big game tonight. You know, you guys are hearing this. Um, We got a big game at Dallas. Dallas
1: Mavericks, fourth in the West currently. Yep, yep, yep. And and it's just
0: like I talked about on the last podcast, I want to see these guys winning on the road. This would be the third win on this road trip on or, or on the games that we had to go on the road, right? Because we won, lost at Indiana, and then after that, it's been Brooklyn at Memphis, and we've won both of those games. And then, again, we got to play Denver, L.A., and the Clippers sometime next week. So I really want to get that road warrior mentality going, man, because at home, we're blowing teams out. Yeah, Even um, against Charlotte, we talked about – like, we didn't really talk about it, but um, the fact that we were able to play – the second squad guys, the Max Struces, the the Marquise Morris, and let them go. Hey, go get your minutes. Oh, maybe even throw Haslam. Not that Haslam has to play; he's just earning no. the check. But those guys, the rest of the guys that don't get that play, the Gabe Vincent's of the world, right, where yeah. he can get some minutes. Caleb some Martin, Caleb Martin, right, get some playing time and go out there. And, he was and, playing
1: against his twin brother that night. Yeah, that was cool, it was pretty cool, right? Plays for That's pretty cool, man. The opportunity to play against your brother and so like that, They did the jersey swap, but. That was the dope right that was really dope man and
0: but my point with that is like if you're winning games comfortably
1: yeah we well, can let those guys go you out can there manage get, get the minutes. health
0: of your players in those minutes even more so so i think that's the he's focused like let's put teams away early right by the third quarter we want to be up 15 20 points and have these guys subbing their guys out and it's like oh you guys are done are you sure all right, Donald. We'll bring in our
1: second. And, and that third quarter in that Horn- in that Hornets game, they actually started to come back on us in that third mm-hmm. quarter. Mm-hmm. We started to get a little sloppy there, and I was happy with the bounce back against the Grizzlies because you know that that second half came around in that third quarter, and we did not let up. No, nope. we just kept pushing it to them. That's Jimmy. So it, That's it, Jimmy and Lowry right there, I right? Mean, it's good. It's good to see that on back to back. You know, Friday, Saturday, the night before the third quarter. You know, they come out in the second half a little lackluster. They tell themselves going into the next game, we gotta just keep the pedal to the metal coming out of that locker room at half. And and that's exactly what they did. So now coming off of a couple of days' rest, you know, they they had Sunday, they had Monday. You know, it's game time now. You gotta Dallas, go get that this done. This is in a Dallas. big one against Luca and company. And uh, you know, if you're Tyler Hero, you know, you wanna be mentioned, you you think you're up there with Luca, with Trey, with Ja, you beat Ja. Now here's Luca. Go okay. out there <laughs> and, and go out there and ball now. And
0: put up a performance, kid. You know,
1: let it come to you as
0: as the game comes to you, like, in the flow. Right. right. And he has been. he, hasn't, he has He been. hasn't really been forcing anything. Boy, He's been playing very natural. 22 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, 4.5 4. assists. He's doing everything, everything that we everything. were like, yo, if he does
1: X, Y, Z, we're going to be really, really good. He's just complimenting Jimmy. On, a, on literally like you look at those stats like look at their stat line they're pretty much right similar there. And, yeah, it's like right there neck. it's like hey baby go you saw the
0: instagram post where it was like go with jimmy's head yeah and, and then, then the baby, the baby go with heroes. that was great <laughs> that was cool dog that was great yeah man i, I these guys got to get it rolling you know oh, yeah. they, they got to keep it rolling and and it starts with dallas tonight and then two home games against boston and utah think we could have a real good streak here, maybe.
1: We're almost there, baby. We're hey. almost there. We, we talked about last episode the 10-game stretch that we had. Yes. And our expectations. So far, it, it's panning so out. So far, so good, But man. before we move on from the heat... Uh, topic I wanted to ask your, your take on their new jerseys that just came out, actually, with the new uh, combinations that you could do with all the different numbers and stuff like that and lettering. I kind of actually like so, it. What you are know? your thoughts on it?
0: I kind of actually like it because I saw uh, the Instagram post. Um, as a matter of fact, shout out Jimmy Butler for winning player of the week, oh, NBA yeah. player of the week. My dog was out there balling, you know, doing his thing. And he has his jersey on and stuff like that with different letters and numbers. I think it's actually a great idea because it lets you customize it and have a real heat jersey at the same time, right? Where you can put those combination of letters and numbers and stuff like that. It's really dope. Um, how's it going to look on the court? Uh, I don't know, man. I, always, I don't know. I don't know. I always how I have a you. weird feeling about I how they yeah, look I on the
1: court. I'm, I'm a traditionalist. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I have an Alonzo morning jersey, all black, red, you know what I mean? Like the OG classic. Right. I have an a all-white classic Wade jersey. And Ew. then I have the I have the red LeBron jersey that, that never leaves the closet anymore for obvious reasons. <laughs> Obviously, but um, I'm a traditionalist man. I like those traditional colors. You know, I didn't really like, I haven't really liked the these like pink and blue Miami Vice colorways they've been doing. Like that the ombre colorway that they did. The was, ombre like, is weird. And then like the half and half. Like I, I don't know, dog. And then especially with the colors, like the pink and like I like it. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, the colors of the the logo and Thank the podcast and our colors Thank and all you. that. But, like, on the heat floor, like, I just – I like that black and, and, and red. There's something about that traditional black and red that I really For dig. sure. So, I don't know exactly how I feel. I like the whole, you know, fact that it can be customizable and, like, there's a whole ton of combinations. So – the chances of you and somebody else picking the same exact one. Very rare. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's you'll have some different, even in the, if, even if it's just in the slightest, slightest defense. but we'll see. We'll see. I we'll, think, we'll, I think I need a couple more days to.
0: I feel you. And and look, I felt like I like that about a couple other jerseys before, right? Where they've gone to like a certain width with the Jersey or they didn't do something with the numbers, whatever. Um, but the good thing is that they're always experimenting, right? And, at the right time, they always know, like, when to go traditional. Hey, let's bring back the jerseys, the classic mornings, and stuff like that. Um, those 90 Heat teams and stuff like that. Or even when they go into the playoffs and they do the, the white with the black lettering. You know what I mean? Like, that's the shit white that I'm hot. like. The white hot Heat. I was like, yeah, you know, that's the cool shit. When they know it's gold time, they go to yeah. the classics. You know,
1: I didn't even like the gold ones we came out with last year to, yeah. to honor the... I don't even know what it, like if it, it was our cool. trophies, like our three trophies, right. I think, or three yeah. championships and stuff. It's a little I, weird. I, I didn't like that one. It it's looked like normal. we were the damn Pacers or something. It's like not, I'm like, what is this?
0: Yeah, it wasn't normal. It wasn't normal. I didn't really feel it. Um, but we'll something see. that I have been feeling... Are the Panthers, you know, and they've actually had a, a real tough break, you know, because they started off the season undefeated, they went in and o, and then
1: a bunch of things happened to that whole team and organization, bro. Yeah, I didn't tell you this, but I got a little shit last week from a couple of listeners that were like, "Dude, how are you guys not going to talk about what was going on?" And it was pretty recent, you know. It was you know that day. A lot of things were we not <laughs> We didn't have enough information ourselves, correct? Um, that day, so we didn't choose to speak on it really. But you know now, um. He's gone and resigned, and, and of course we're talking about Joel. Uh, is it Whittenberg? Quinn. Uh, Quinn. Quinn. Quinnville.
0: Quinnville is the coach, um, um, and yeah. he was the coach at the Chicago Blackhawks, Blackhawks back at the time ten years ago, right? With the whole sexual allegation stuff, and and what happened, and with people reporting it, and him not addressing it with the GM or whatever, and what have you, it came back, you know had too many skeletons in his closet, and it came out. And that type of stuff obviously can be condoned in sports. You know what I mean? And even though it's far removed from that time, um, it's not a good look for the Panthers, right, to have somebody like that on their bench. Not at all. Who,
1: who, you know, Well, I mean, he just went back on, you know, on on the truth. You know, he said he had no knowledge of it, and then it ended up coming to be that he was part of that back then. Um, And, you know, so then at that point it's like, all right, you know, um, the Panthers are, are kind of forced into a corner. But the weird thing was that, you know, the information had come out, and they still let him coach that last night, but they didn't let him do media. Right. So, you know, they, is, need, they need like for that, don't they, let him coach then. Like don't even put him on the ice for that last game. Um, And then. Weird situation. You they know let I mean? him, you know, they just kind of, they just let him resign. You know, he was on the way out already. They just kind of, I guess they told him, hey, we could do this one of two ways. You can either walk out of here on your own two feet, or we're going to drag your ass out of here. <laughs> yeah. So he chose to walk out on his I'm gonna own walk two feet. Out. And it sucks. It's a blow for, for the Panthers who started off the season, you know, red hot. And, you know, we, we were looking to have a, a, a championship run this year. Um, but I don't think that's going to change all that much for the Panthers. I think I that, don't think so. I think that the players, you know, you know, they have a certain uh, work ethic to them. I think they have a certain you know, mentality already as an organization, as a culture. And now it's just a matter of finding some a new leader. Yeah. The, the good thing about the Panthers is
0: that they have really good leaders on the ice right? We have Ekblad, veterans, veterans, you know, we have Ekblad, we have the, um, uh, what's his other dude's name, Mm -hmm. Um, we have Bannon, who's been in a lot of championship locker rooms. There's a lot of guys on this team that have been either inside this organization or in higher, uh, in other organizations and have been leaders where it's like, all right, we know what we're about here. We know what the goal is, what the mission is, and how we're going to attain that. We're going to do it game by game and, and really leave it all on the ice. And even with everything that went down, these guys still bounced back and ended up winning a game against Detroit. You know, they ended up losing the the next game against the Boston Bruins in a tough matchup, 3-2 in overtime. Um, And you can just tell that, obviously, they weren't going to go undefeated the whole year. Right.
1: I mean, it was bound to happen. Bound to happen. The Bruins, you know, we just beat the Bruins a couple days before that, right, on Wednesday. Yes, correct. We beat 4-1. Correct. Um, And then now we're, you know, that was at home, and then we're going on the road, and, and we Barely lose to them in overtime. Yeah, man. So I it think it was a tough game. Yeah, it's a it, hey. Losses are gonna happen. We weren't gonna stay undefeated the whole season. Bingo. But it's a matter of what game we lost in particular, you know. And if you look at that one, it's like, all right, we're on the road. We just beat these guys. You know, they have a chip on their shoulder. We, you know, it, it's an overtime loss. It wasn't a blowout loss. Right. I can deal with that. Absolutely. I can deal with that. I'm and look, and, and, and again, even if you look
0: at all the outstanding circumstances, right, you, when you step back and take a look at the picture and be like, damn, these guys went one and one after a bunch of stuff was being talked about them, and they're thinking about this shit at home and uh, while they're on the ice practicing in the locker room, they have all these things surrounding them. And these guys were still able to put up performances where it's like, yo, we're not giving up. We know what our job is. We're yeah. here to play hockey and we're here to kick ass. And these guys, again, like – a bunch of stuff. I feel like they could have put you and I to coach that team and nothing would have changed on the ice because besides the fact that we don't know hockey. Right. Exactly. <laughs> coaching one on one. Right.
1: These guys it would have been like that scene in the Mighty Ducks when the mom comes down. Cause, yeah. Because Bombay is not there. And they're like, what do we do? And you're like, yell out that's switch. It.
0: Switch. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And and that's probably what we would have done. Right and it would have worked probably yeah, cause because they're,
1: cuz they're like the mighty ducks the florida so panthers are a really good well team machine right now really
0: good team really focused healthy, healthy you know firing on all cylinders like we were talking about with the heat just a really good team and i i feel like these next couple of days that they're going to have off right they don't play again until thursday the 4th um where they'll be home against the washington capitals and ovenchkin um That's going to be enough time for them to really, like, sleep at home, chill, depressed, play with the kids, let me go chill, ah, the stuff is over with the ex-coach, I have a new coach, cool, I'm going 110% in on this coach, and we're moving forward. Because a lot of the guys do, I was reading a bunch of stuff on Twitter, and a lot of the guys in the locker room right now really, like, think highly of the new coach, and, you know... It's always tough to come into a, a thing like that secondhand in the middle of the season after after a popular guy gets let go, but again, all he has to do is take care of the of the facilities pretty much and and let the team do them and protect them from the media because I really feel like this team again I've said that a bunch but these guys are trying to win a championship this year in South Florida yeah and they're they're on a mission yeah you know and you can tell so and to I shout think-
1: out the coach Andrew Brunette uh, he's the one that that. Uh, that was called up after uh, Quinwell was forced to resign, um, and he's walking into a pretty good situation with this Panthers team. I mean, as of right now, we're first. We're in first in the Atlantic Division. It, eight games. I'm sorry, eight wins, one loss in overtime. We got 17 points so far scored. So, I mean, this team does not have trouble putting up points. It's just a matter, again, of just keeping keeping the, the ship on course, right? Steering Correct. it in the right direction. And uh, those guys are going to go out there and do what they're supposed to do, man. They're, we got a good veteran team, and uh, you just got to get that puck and those sticks on the ice, and they're going to put them in the net. It's, it's like it's almost an exact
0: mirror of the heat, right, where it's like, holy shit, different sport, but same kind of sh- sh- strategy when it comes to offense. Offensively, the Panthers are third in the NHL goals against per game right so they're putting up four goals per game and they're only allowing 1.8 right so offensively they're able to score defensively they're going to show you down right are eighth in penalty kill percentage so they kill 86 percent of their penalties again stifling defense even when we're down maybe our best guy's not on the floor we're still going to dominate you and we're still going to shut you out that's a really good team and that team right there, is like the Heat, are going to be working towards a championship. And I'm just excited to see how the rest of the season goes, bro. I know. And I'm here for it. I know. I'm Go gonna Panthers.
1: I'm going to be needing two jerseys, two new jerseys for Christmas. So. <laughs> you heard that? I, I, hope, yeah. I hope she's taking yeah, notes. Yeah, I she know. know who you are. I know.
0: She knows. <laughs> Take them notes. <laughs> um, but, you know, the team that's heading in the opposite direction of a championship. Oh, right? boy. That's that's our favorite team. Oh, that's boy. our favorite team, the Miami
1: Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Bum, bum, bum. Miami Dolphins. Bum, bum. Miami Dolphins <laughs> far from number one. 31. You can we're 31. actually last. We're really trash. We're always we're not last. in the bowl. Chill,
0: chill, chill, chill. Detroit's winless. They're we're always.
1: last in our division. That's cool. The AFC East. Where we're talking Miami Dolphins. I we you're so. Bro. I mean, this game going into the Bills, you know, at, on the road happen, in Buffalo. Then. Yeah, we knew. Okay. We, frankly, honestly, it was actually ended up being a better game than the first time around. Because the first time around, it was you know second game of the season. We were expecting Tua to ball out and, and have a great game. Actually, goes down on the second drive of the game. He's out for the rest of the game. We bring in Jacoby, and they ended up um, thirty-five zero at home, us out. shutting us out at home. Um, in this game, worst shutouts since God knows. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on the past, but, um, you know, going into this game, we didn't have that expectation, right. You know, two was back, but we know our team is trash. The defense is sus. You know, we're playing on the road at one of the best teams in the NFL in Buffalo. And we, we were like, I at least was like, man, this isn't going to happen for us. And we actually kind of put up a fight It actually turned into a game kind of at the end. Um, but then, you know, typical stuff, just, we ended up just, digging ourselves a hole and crawling into it, and then Buffalo just walked away with the victory. Very easy for them. Well, at least we saw,
0: at the very least, we saw the defense make some type of response, right? Because we've been asking, like, where the hell have they been, and they showed up the first half. They held Buffalo to three points, which is not
1: easy. (laughs) It's not easy. I don't think anybody's done that this season.
0: I think Tennessee did, because Tennessee also played. Obviously, they beat them, but they played them really well um Shout out to my boy C's, uh, but the Dolphins' defense really showed up in that first half, you know, and really gave them a lot of hell. We got to uh, Josh Allen a couple of times. We hit him, hit him in the ground, and we're just in his face. Was tackling really well, really good first half. The offense was struggling though. We couldn't get anything generated, man. It was and it was like that the entire game almost, right? Where it was like a sputtering type of offense, mm-hmm. and a lot of that has to do because we don't run the ball as well as we should, man.
1: Or at all for that matter. At all. You know what I mean? Like, look, Josh Allen had more rushing yards than we did as a team. And that's, that's, well, individually. That's the problem right there, man. He, towards the end of the game, when it's like, all right, hey, we got to get this third down stop. It's third and 12, and we need a third down stop. This guy's running for 15. And, you know, we're going to get a chance to get the ball back and score. And then all of a sudden, Josh Allen just takes off for a run, and he's toying with us, running, you know, wherever the hell he wants and getting out of bounds or staying in bounds, running the clock. I mean, he knows, he knows how to close out games, especially on the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah.
0: He owns us. He
1: owns us, right? He now. owns
0: us. You know what I mean? And and that's just a plain and simple nice way to put it. He's obviously the best quarterback in that division, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and that running threat that he has with that huge body that he has, 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, 200 and whatever pounds just running at you, and, like, you're trying to tackle him, you know, throughout the game, and it's cold. It's He's tough, man. And that Bills team is tough, you know? The fact that we held those guys to 26 points and the game really didn't get out of control until the ending of right. the game, right? That we were really in it. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, because look, even when we scored our only touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter... Was Tua's uh, rushing touchdown? Yeah, and... I, I didn't want to bring up Tua, but I got now that we're talking about I mean, him, it's we, like...
1: We, pretty, we have to talk about Tua. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah, but you like, look, he got the touchdown, right? And we went for the two-point conversion and we got it. But then... Again, Dolphins being the Dolphins, they gave up the lead. We gave up a couple of first downs to Josh Allen. Thanks thing so you know, he's putting two touchdowns up, and it's a wrap. It happens, you know? It happens. But to talk about Tua, you know what I mean, since we already brought him up. Yep. Wasn't his best game. Wasn't his best game, but now it it's starting to lead to that question, right, where it's like, I really like him. How good can he be? Right? We know he's good enough to start. He's obviously the best quarterback we have on, on this roster. Let's not kid ourselves. Only quarterback we really have on this roster. We saw what Jacoby has. It's not worthy of starting. Right. But how good can he be? You know what I mean? And some of the mistakes that he's been making have been really bad mistakes. And that interception that he had, again, in the fourth quarter, we're trying to come back. We're within it. We're in within a, a score. And then we're driving. And then, boom. He has the bad throw, bad pick. Now, some, someone leads say, oh, he's inexperienced. But if you're just he's looking made, at.
1: He's the, made this particular mistake
0: record. already
1: a couple times Yeah, you know. This season. In critical spots where you're like, damn, like, this, shit, this shit cost us the he, game. You right should here. know better by now. You know, fool me once, you know, shame on you. Fool me right. twice. Shame on me. I mean, he, its its something I've defended him. Hey, he's gonna learn, right. right? He's gonna learn. He's gonna roll with those punches, and now he's like making the same mistake. And you're like, I, all That's right. I though. thought I thought I thought we already learned from that one. You know, you don't throw it over the middle into double coverage like that, or you know, whatever the case is. Like, it's it's starting to get a little bit harder to defend him. Um, you know, he went twenty-one for thirty-nine, so he wasn't as accurate this week. Nope. Only had two hundred yards over through the air. Uh, no touchdowns passing. He had the rushing touchdown. And he had that one interception. So uh, not, a, not a dominant performance, to say the least. Um, and, and it doesn't bode well, um, you know, moving forward into, you know, the rest of the season for us. I, I just feel like back to what we were talking about
0: last week, right, where it's like, okay, now we can question everything. Yeah. Now everything's up for questioning on this on this roster spot. Yeah. We've lost seven straight games, right? Um, some to bad opponents, some to good opponents, but we've lost seven straight games. In the two years that – in the in the two and a half years that um, – what's his face? Coach Flo has been in charge. Second time we're 1-7 under his
1: leadership. He has to be in the hot seat right now. Everybody's on the hot seat. Yeah, but I – mean, Everybody. Coaches. the, the co- co- We've talked about it. I mean, Coach Flo right now is definitely – I mean, as much as they're saying no, that his job's not at risk, you know, if it's not, then I'm looking at everybody else above him and going, well, what are we doing? If I think I think his job about. I think his job
0: is on the line, and only because he's the one in charge. He could be a good coach, but he he could also be a good coach and not necessarily be an, be a winning coach, right? And that just yeah. sucks when you have to realize that.
1: He, he could be a players' coach. The players might love him. Hey, but uh, if he's not getting the job done, and
0: and and just the way that he's handled a bunch of shit, right? Like. For instance, the way he's handled the Watson shit, right? Yeah, I saw that With interview the, the other day. Did you see that? super
1: weird. Super weird. Talk about it. Give a little context. A so little. he's,
0: he, you know, they're asking him about the Watson thing. He's like, well, you know, two is our quarterback. He's the quarterback that we have and blah, 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 blah. And now I'm, now I'm not going to answer any questions about it. Instead of just saying like, yo, you guys need to stop asking me stupid questions about this Watson deal when I'm not trying to get him. You can hear whatever you want from the GMs or whatever. And just really putting shit to bed, like Mike Tomlin did. They asked Mike Tomlin about the college jobs, and he was like, damn your friend, and he was like, don't ask me no stupid questions about that. Flo, Coach Flo, for as good as he is with the uh, media and shit like that, he totally shit to bed with this one. Because-
1: yeah, he well, for me, what got me was they had asked him. I, I can't ex- remember exactly now what it was that was asked, but he, he was around Tua and the quarterback situation, and you know, he was like, yeah, two was the quarterback for you know the foreseeable future or something to that extent. And then they they asked him a follow up question and he wasn't quick to answer it. Nah, he was t- he like kind of like paused and like was like uh, uh, even though he just spent this whole time defending two saying he was his quarterback in the moment where he needed to have that definitive snap call answer he like he, he hesitated and I was like that doesn't that doesn't reassure me right now and and I don't
0: know if it's the pressure of management above him saying. Yo, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, right? Or if it's him himself saying, yeah, this kid's not as good as I thought he was going to be. Or maybe he's not the guy. But either way, he hasn't come out and really put a stamp on anything. Either or. Like, and just really say, yo, this is what I had said. Stop asking me about it. Boom. He hasn't even done that. And... The fact that he's always asking like answering questions about the Watson State makes me think that he's not really invested in Tua as he may be perceived to be or that he's really getting that pressure because it has to be one of the two for him to always just keep addressing it and addressing it and addressing it. At one point, you got to say, this is where I stand. And he hasn't done that. So now that leads me to believe maybe he's not the coach because he can't, you know, Make that decision. Or he he won't. He was in able, unable to really cut somebody off, even if it's through the media. And say, well, yeah, you know, we could have a quarterback situation depending on how people practice. Why not? And just leave it open to something. But when you're shying away from the questions and you're dodging this reporter and you don't want to ask her, you're like, oh, well, skip this one. That's shady shit. Yeah. Because now... <clears throat> You don't even know where what you can say anymore in order to to feed the narrative or avoid feeding the mm-hmm. narrative. So you're pretty much in La La Land, too. Again, you're not focused on your job. You're focused on the other shit. And you're not winning football games. Why are you here? And, again, I like Coach Flo, man.
1: I do, but too. I, I, I do, too. You but could be a good – I also like, like a, winning. I, I like winning. You know, and I happen to like winning more than – as a fan, I like winning more than any individual.
0: And even with, with with Greer, I don't even think that these guys see eye to eye. I know that these guys don't see eye to eye, right? And they're not either. It's either going to be one of them staying and the other one going or both of them going. And nah. I'm betting
1: against both of them yeah, going. Yeah, it'll be flow be be out before. But Which I is mean, whack. I, you know, let me ask you this because, I mean, everybody talks about everything surrounding Tua and, you know, Deshaun Watson and our quarterback situation and all that. But how would you feel if you were Tua right now, with everything going on? You know, you're one and seven now in your your, your sophomore campaign on a team that was supposed to be much better than this. Uh, you know, you're dealing with the scrutiny of another quarterback possibly taking your job. You don't. You're not sure if your team even has your back. How are you supposed to feel if you're Tua? Well, if you're Tua,
0: this is a very hard lesson on how to be a professional. You were the man in college and all that shit is sweet in college. But this is not college. And you being that high draft pick should have made you realize that this is not college. And now you're in the NFL. Now you're in the business, as they like to say. He has to be a professional about it. Has he
1: not been those whole time? I think he has been. I feel like he has been. He has been. I'm not like, look, man. You don't see him on Twitter, you know, like talking about his frustrations, airing out his grievances or anything. Even everything. talking to reporters and and throwing the, oh, well, you know what? If the coaches were doing a better job, he's not doing none of that shit, man. None of that. But that
0: just speaks to his character, right? Right. Nobody can sit here and say, yo, I don't like Tua as a person. Hell no. Right. You can't say that about, you can't say that about his Instagram. You can't say that, you can't say one thing that you don't like about Tua, except for how he plays quarterback. That's the only thing that you can point to and say, Yeah, I wish he was better at playing quarterback, especially right now for the Dolphins. He could be in the future, who knows? But right now we just don't have it. We, he, we just don't have it. He doesn't have it. Are we willing to give him time? Maybe. But if you're if you're Tua, you have to know, okay. This is my. This is the first time that I'm facing real adversity as a as a man, as a professional. I'm getting paid to play this game, and I have to provide results. If I don't provide results in this game, then I don't get to play the game, and that's just as simple as it is, you know. And 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 if he's as smart as we think he is, that's how he's seeing it because of the way he's responding to the media, because of the way he's responding to the negativity and, and, the, and the stupid questions that they ask him. We haven't heard him bow-mouth the team once, the decision. All you hear him say is positive things. Yeah, I know the team. I've never felt like the team doesn't have my back. All this stuff is coming from you guys. Right. When I talk to Coach Flo and I talk to GM Chris Gear and I talk to the owner and I talk to all of them, reassure me. So he's putting his right foot forward every single time, every single time. So I don't, I don't think that tools even feels bad about it. It's just like for him, it's like, okay, it is what it is, but I got to go out here and do me. Right. I know that the easiest way for me to stop that bullshit is by playing better, i.e. those dumb mistakes. I, I guarantee you when he goes back to the locker room and he's by himself or whatever, those interceptions are killing him. Killing him because you know it means Shit. something to him.
1: I had two drop passes in last week's flag football game, and, and I'm, we're still still talking d- about I'm still <laughs> dwelling on those, man. I'm still upset, man. Shout out yeah. to the team, man. I let you boys down, man. It's all good, doggy. Um,
0: we competed. Uh, and, and these guys competed too, right? Uh, the Dolphins really competed. They showed hard. They went up there to Buffalo, which is not an easy place to play at, especially when it's cold.
1: It needs to be one and the same, though, bro, the, the offense and the defense. So in this game, our defense did well in the beginning. They 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 did what they've been supposed to be doing this whole season. But, yet our offense couldn't get it rolling against that tough Buffalo Bills defense. And then, sure enough, it's going to catch up to our defense. They're going to tire out. And a team like Buffalo, with so many weapons, is just eventually going to you know unload and that's Th- what ended up happening in this game unfortunately for sure and and thankfully for the dolphins right the and
0: and for us our viewing pleasure the schedule does get a little bit easier in the second half right we got the texans coming up on sunday and then we play the ravens and then we're at the jets and playing the panthers the giants jets again um saints who just lost winston for the year like some games where we can at least we we know we're going to be competitive competitive but some games that may have a chance of us winning and,
1: I mean, at, at the very least, you know, we, we need some, some. I, I mean, me, I need some sort of promise, I mean, from Tua, you know what I mean, not not for my sake, because I'm a fan of the kid still, and I still think he has the potential to be RQB1 and, and win some games for us, but we need, we need some traction, we need something, you know, we need other people to buy in, and I really care about three people from here to the end of the year. And I want them to do well on a personal level so that that way, you know, it's like, all right, well, these are the three shining lights we're going to keep guys. for next year. We've talked about them already. At least for me, it's Tua, Gaseki, and Waddle. Those are the three guys that I think are our best weapons on offense that we, you know, we should keep. And if not, well – Trade those guys away and get something, <laughs> and get something in return because those are the three best guys that we have. Try to get some first-round picks or something back for it, and let's start this rebuild process sooner rather than later. What I need to see in the second half is like, I especially from Tua, right, because
0: I do like the kid, and I think he is going to be a good quarterback somewhere. Um, I need to see him not throw an interception for the rest of the year. Like, no more INTs. Now, if they it's tipped and, like, the receiver tips it and somebody catches, I won't count that. But I need to stop seeing you throw into the other team's arms, right? Like that has to stop. Yeah. For the rest of the season, <clears> and
1: alignment tips your, your pass and it gets popped up and you get picked that way. That should happen. That's one thing. But you, you you end up you know you over you throw it and your receiver bobbles it and it gets picked up. That, that's one thing. But when you're throwing it directly into the hands of of that's the a no opposing jersey. No nah, man, that's a that's
0: a no that's for a, me, dog. That's a problem. That's a those problem. Those are
1: those are mistakes that you can correct. You know what I mean? And you're a smart. He's a smart guy. He's a smart. I mean, he he's, he has a high football IQ, right? He should be able to make those adjustments, and that's what we want moving forward for the second half of the season. Learn from those mistakes that you've made that you made last year towards the end of the season, and so far this these first eight games. Learn from those, and let's not make those mistakes.
0: If Tua wants to be a good quarterback, a pro, a real all pro quarterback in the NFL, those guys aren't throwing those stupid interceptions. Mm-hmm. You name them, whoever's having a great season right now, any top five, six quarterback, they're not throwing those interceptions. He's thrown too many. And if he wants to be good for his standard, he needs to stop that. Absolutely. ASAP. I agree. You know what I mean? ASAP. But I don't know, man. Let's see. Let's see what happens Sunday, bro. Sunday, who
1: we got? Let's just close the Dolphins out with that again. Just a little recap. We're playing a bad team right now. Shit, I just had it. Pulled up, son. (coughs) I just had it, man. Uh, we got it right here. We got the Texans at that, one o'clock, November 7th. That's, so that's a bad playing team. That, playing them at home. Um, let's go Fins, man. Let's see what happens. Win. Let's go Fins. Hey, don't bet on them. Hey, man, I'm gonna <laughs> bet on them this week. I'm betting the house. Bet take the points.
0: Um, a team that you should have taken the points on definitely over the weekend was the Miami Hurricanes, though. Them boys went up to Pittsburgh and got that dub. Impressive So called it. Holla. Called that upset last week and i didn't think they were gonna do it hey i I, I told you man i feel like the 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 kids that are playing right now right which were kids that manny recruited and are those sophomores and juniors and stuff like that that weren't getting a chance to play they're galvanized bro and they're really playing hard for this for this coach like they don't care about anything else but playing hard for their coach and you can tell in that game because like they, they brought out the trick play in the second for, like, the second touchdown where they had, like, it was a quick toss to the tight end who handed it off to Restrepo. Restrepo threw it back to Tyler Van Dyke, and then, like, found Mallory wide open on the field, and it was like, damn, this is, like, fun football right. that I used to see way back in the days, and they just jumped out to that big start. And I, I, I could just immediately tell, like, all right, yeah, these guys are, are locked in for this game. Now Pittsburgh being a good team, they made it a real game. You know, they came back and actually, you know, was able to tie the game and 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 gain some momentum. But the Hurricanes stayed stayed focused. The offensively, Van Dyke played probably
1: the best game of his that, career. That's what I was gonna say, man. Van Dyke looked really good. He looked like he the real deal. He, dog. he he impressed a lot of people this weekend. Because he was already building some steam, and the true Hurricanes fans were like, "Hey, man, we might have something on our hands with this kid Van Dyke." You know, I know you've been talking about that for a while. Four hundred and twenty-six yards. This bro. was the game that put people like me on notice. Like, oh shit, they're not—they're not talking shit about nah, this kid. Man. It's true. Thirty-two he, he or forty-two. A, he man. has a gun on him.
0: Thirty-two or forty-two for four hundred and twenty-six yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. No. One bad pick. That's a stat That's line. A right bad there. pick. I mean, he's a young a kid, pick, though, man. Bro, he's you, a young you, you, kid. The good always that bad. Absolutely, you know. And and again, I, and. We're seeing the kids that were recruited by Manny playing and getting a chance, right? Uh, Keyshawn Smith got a touchdown. Uh, um, Knighton, uh, the running back. We lost our two running backs, right? And we were like, damn, you know who's gonna step up? This kid stepped up. 80 ca- 80 yards on 17 carries for two touchdowns. A workhorse type of type of game for somebody who, again, at the college level, you hardly ever see 20 snaps. So this kid got 17 carries, being a uh, Pretty much brand new to his offense and saying like, hey, stand next to this other young quarterback and you boys go out there and have yourselves a game. And they did that. Um, It's really exciting. I got to say, it's really exciting to be a Hurricanes fan right now because we just beat two ranked opponents and people could talk shit they want. Oh, but it's Pittsburgh. They're not really that good. Or, yeah, you beat, um, who's this other team? We just beat NC State. Whoa, big deal. And it's like, yeah, it's for the Hurricanes. It's a big deal. Because our season was going down the down the shitter and these guys turned it around and were like, All right, Manny Diaz said, Hey, scrap everything we've been doing, put the kids that we recruited, let's see what we have. And so far it's been working. I'm pretty sure those two games knocked both of those opponents out of top twenty five. Absolutely. Like <laughs> the rankings haven't come out yet, but I'm pretty sure that, that Pittsburgh's not gonna be seventeen anymore. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't think so. Especially not, not to not after that loss. But and look
0: that and 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 to To say that Pittsburgh is a good team is not an understatement. They have a Heisman fucking candidate at quarterback with that kid uh, Pickett, and he balled, right? He had 500 freaking yards with three touchdowns. Granted, he threw two picks, and one of them was very costly, right, because the Kings got to close out the game and and bring out the turnover chain. But that guy's really good, and he's he's carrying this Pittsburgh team. They're 6-2. and That was their first, second loss, first conference loss, like, we, we just beat a real deal team, and that's mostly due to Manny Diaz and the players. And I got to shout out Restrepo, man, and Rambo, because those guys had big, big games. Those guys make big, big catches, and I, I love to see it. Rambo, obviously, he's, like, older. He's he's almost getting ready to be a pro, right? He came through a transfer portal, and he's shown himself out to be, like, the real deal wide receiver. He has seven catches, over 100 yards, 101. Uh, Restrepo had a great game. I saw him make three critical third down catches, man. And sometimes those don't come up in the stats, right? Because it's like a six-yard catch or a seven-yard catch. It's not a deep bomb. But,
1: but they're, they're the, some of the most important ones.
0: Important catches, bro, because it's in the middle of the field, man. Keeps and the drive alive. Dude ended up with 89 yards, man. And and, and he's, the, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He's just super smart with his route running. So good, like, with his catching ability and he made some big plays man big plays that helped the offense keep themselves rolling stay on the field you know what i mean keep that high powered pittsburgh offense on the f- on on the bench and ultimately come away with a good win bro
1: no, it was man, a really it, good win it man. was great i mean especially with you know the struggling uh struggle season that they've had so far but they even out now right they're 4 and 4 now 4 and 4 man so they're back to 500 i mean that's not you know anything to be too proud of um but the last two wins you know they're they're Trending in the right, right direction after these last two wins, so if you're a Canes fan, definitely something to, to be happy about. At least a lot more happy than, than Dolphins fans. And remember, you had asked me that. Like, yeah, for sure, <laughs> way
0: more delusional.
1: But remember, you had asked me like,
0: oh, you know, can can Manny save his job? Right. This is the type this of is shit it right here. Yeah. This is the type of shit that helps you save your job, right? Because again, the the results are are eye catching. Wow. But when you look at the stats, right, and you see who's playing, you're like, damn, that kid's a freshman. This kid's a sophomore. First year playing, first year playing. And it's like, all right, yeah, th- damn, there is talent here. And that's all stuff that Manny brought. So Manny can say, hey, listen, if you give me time with the kids that I'm bringing in, this is what you can expect. A lot of these guys weren't mine. Right. I had to rebuild and, and really work on that. That's why probably he it went and got a ramble. Yeah, it absolutely helps him win this case. And these games are winnable, man. They're winnable games. We're, <laughs> we're done facing rank opponents.
1: Yeah, now they got the bottom of the barrel now. So next they got this Saturday playing Georgia Tech at home um then they go on the road and they play FSU, uh Vatech at home after that and then Duke who's who's dead last in the ACC pretty much right now to to close out the season. So uh the Hurricanes can close out, the Hurricanes can close out here with potentially, you know, four more wins. Absolutely, man. Look, Georgia Tech is 2 and 4 in the conference.
0: Not good. FSU 2 and 3 in the conference. Three and five overall. Georgia Tech is three and five overall. Virginia Tech, like you said, one of the worst teams in the in in there. They're two and two in conference. Four and four, just like the Canes. Duke, oh and four in the conference, like winnable games against teams that we have a lot of history with, that we should be familiar at, with them as opponents and and know what they're gonna try to bring, and basically outplay them. You know, you got to go in there and outplay them because it's going to be talent on talent. There's no big heavyweight, uh, like, running back that's going to change the game for either of the other teams. There's no star Heisman wide receiver. There's no star Heisman quarterback. Those games are over.
1: You know, it's just pure talent of what we have versus what you have. Two two games that could have changed the, the season potentially altogether for the Hurricanes was the Virginia game where they lost 30-28. to 28 and the, uh, the following week when they lost to UNC 45-42. Because if those two were wins instead of losses, their only two losses on the season would be the currently number five, Michigan State, and number three, Alabama. Right. Which would make a hell of a lot more of an argument for your team. But those two other losses right there just killed the season for the Canes.
0: The Virginia loss, you can say, was a bad loss, right? We yeah. shouldn't have lost that game. But the UNC loss, was like, damn, you know, we almost won that game. We really, really should have won that game. And – that was, when trigger, Manny really, yeah, and that was when Manny really started saying, you know what? I got to play these kids, man. Because if I'm not going to be here, then I, I at least get to see them play and get, and they get to get some type of shine for the next coach and really get to build their case for next year. And if I am here, even better, because now I can put these guys in a position even of even bigger responsibility next year to help them continue to get better and grow into professionals. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. Like I said, I like Manny. He just has to make some changes when it comes to like personnel and like how they're coaching these kids up. But if the talent that's on the field right now is his talent and are playing as well as they are, then we're gonna we're gonna rock with that, dog. We're gonna rock with that, and that's gonna be something good to see on the field, man.
1: Listen, I know I was I was you know a big proponent of, of uh, questioning his uh, leadership and whether or not he, he should be you know questioned for uh, his job should be in question. But it's all about winning. And if he closes out the season winning. winning, then in my book he's good. You know, he he at least he he made uh you know, something out of nothing. You know, losing his star quarterback and having all these issues, some early tough losses against ranked opponents and some some heartbreaking losses. But if he could turn around and and uh and finish in style and get some big wins here, you know, on teams that he should be getting some big wins and, and gain some exposure and some more experience on those young players going into the next season, Ooh. Manny will be good in my book again. Me too,
0: bro. I, I let's see, man, you know. Let's see. It's, it should be a really good, interesting ending in the season. And hopefully the conti- the team can continue its positive momentum, right, where these kids are believing in themselves and really galvanizing themselves. I'm using that word a lot, galvanizing. Mm-hmm. I love you it. You like that word. I like that word. Mm-hmm. But really bringing themselves together as a squad and facing the world like that, that can be dangerous for all those teams, man, who are not on that level, right? So I, I, f- I feel like this could be a big turning point for, for the Kane season. At least. Maybe not the program. We're not at that level yet. But definitely for the season. So, let's see how it ends. Uh, real quick, bro, before we wrap things up here, man. Uh, I know you're a baseball guy. We got Atlanta up 3-1 to one right now. Heading back to Houston mm-hmm, tomorrow. 3-2. Oh, it's
1: 3-2. You're right. 3-2. It's 3-2. And it's a crucial 3-2 because of the fact that Atlanta had, they had the game last night won. Yes, they sir. They started off the game with a grand slam. Which is hard. Right? <laughs> and then they let it... They let the Astros just hang it hang out there and slowly get back in the game and eventually win the game. And honestly, man, I think I think that that might be the unraveling of the Atlanta Braves, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: usually when you don't put a team away at home in the World Series like that, where you're like, okay, we're up three one. This is game game six, right? We gotta win this one at home or whatever. And they don't do it.
1: Uh I wouldn't be. Babido. I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros bang out two big wins right here. And me neither,
0: because a they're a veteran team, they've a championship veteran team. So these guys have been in this position before, where it's like, all right, we gotta win a big game and win a big game and win a big game. So it's nothing new to Houston, but it's new to Atlanta, right? And these guys that they have right now in the squad, I don't know if if they're gonna be able to. Really pull through and get that game. I'm hoping that they do, right? Because I don't want to see Houston win it. They beat the Red Sox, you know. So whatever. Um, and I, I kind of hope Atlanta is able to bounce back and really win it for the city. I think it'll be dope.
1: I think that'd be great. But right now, it's tough it's loss. Not, it's not really a good tough after loss. That man. I think. I think that's what they needed to do. I think they needed to put them away in that that game five, and they just couldn't. So
0: yeah. So now we're at, we're at a game six in the World Series. Who are you taking?
1: All right, I got the Astros. In You're game take six. the Astros. Yeah, I think the Astros are going to take game six. I'm gonna take an ATL shout. It. I'm taking Atlanta, baby. All right. And then what about game seven then?
0: I ain't no game seven. Atlanta's winning tonight, man. That's not happening though. If the Astros are gonna take it. All right. You. Then game seven, I'm still taking Atlanta. Okay.
1: Astros taking it all. <laughs> and that's the episode, folks. And that's
0: the episode, man. Um Jay Dog has always a pleasure. Way to
1: knock this out, daddy. Yes, sir, man. I love doing this every
0: week, bro. Yes, sir. And we got to thank you guys, the listeners. We're over 50-something episodes. I believe this is 60th episodes. Like, we are knocking these bad boys out of the park. And you guys are a huge part of it. Trust me. All right? You guys help us with the show. You guys are listening and streaming and turning it up to your friends and telling a friend to tell a friend, following us on social media, sports with Social Podcast. Like, you guys are doing all that stuff that we've been telling you. So we really want to thank you. Yep. And if you don't know... You have to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend about this dope ass podcast, right? That's How it. to find them on Instagram, social media, sports with social podcast. And more importantly, go subscribe to the YouTube Hit channel. That subscribe button. Y'all helps the algorithm. It helps the algorithm. My dog's huge into algorithms. Right. Mm-hmm. So help out the algorithm. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like and comment button on one of your videos and let us know you guys are feeling the vibe until next. Y'all. Peace. Peace.